Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You have reached the In Control Family Foundation Safe Driving Podcast. And today I have with me Jeremy Randall. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, Dan. Jeremy is our Director of Operations here at In Control. And together we are going to talk about parking part two. And this is an introduction to parallel parking. And before we go down the road of telling you how to do this, we want to address the elephant in the room that there are a lot of people out there who do not parallel park for obvious reason. It is not that easy. And it's going to vary by vehicle. And it is a skill that is really a skill. There are people out there who just simply don't do it. We don't think that's a great idea. We would like you to know how to parallel park any car you're driving. But we want you to recognize that this is a difficult thing to master. And so for your new driver, what we would encourage is when you start out doing this, it's another situation where it might be best to do it with cones at first. I certainly wouldn't introduce this skill too early in the driving process. You want to know that you guys have been driving around for a little bit. Maybe it's not a bad idea if you've got one of those drivers that's getting a little overconfident to take them down a few notches by having them practice this skill a little bit or her practice this skill a little bit. But get going on this sort of driving technique for parallel parking after you've had some time on the road together. You know, if you're doing 100 hours, maybe this is something you do after 40 hours as opposed to in the first 20 and approach it that way. Jeremy, where can you take us from there? Well, I I think that's a good start. Um, The first time, regardless of how many hours there are under their belts, try to start in the parking lot where you have extra space, where there isn't actually maybe, you know, a car in front and a car behind. If you don't have an option for that, maybe try to find a situation in which you do just have, you have one car, you have a car you can pull up next to and then back in behind. But just try to use extra caution with this and, and have a lot of patience because, there's going to be a lot of mistakes with this. Uh, we do the training at In Control for drivers of all experience levels, all ages, and with all kinds of vehicles. And even really professional drivers that just don't do this all the time can have a really hard time with it. So patience with your new driver is very, very important here. And that's why you don't want to be actually backing into curbs or hitting cars here, because obviously that would create a whole nother level of stress. So from there, let's get into... The ideal parallel parking situation. First, I want to mention every car is so different, has a different wheelbase, a different length, a different width, the steering, you can get to a different steering angle. So it really is going to be different and unique to every car. And that's really why practice does make perfect here. And I'm going to lean on Dan a little bit because he often is driving a larger vehicle than I am. And I think that it it probably is a bit different than what, what I'm, I'm going to be saying here and that what we often say in training and what I've noticed that a lot of driver's ed schools talk about. So let's start with what driver's ed schools talk about. Let's start with some good reference ideas, and then we'll go from there. We're in our parking lot. We're on the side of the road. Wherever we are, we've identified a parking space that we want to get into. We want to parallel park in. We're going to drive slowly past the space with our turn signal on, signifying that you know we're going to be we're planning on parking in this space to that side of the road, and we're going to line up next to the vehicle that is in the front of the space to to the front of the space. I guess is a better way of saying that. We see that the space is large enough. Okay, it looks like our vehicle will fit in here. We slowly pull up. We want to have between two and five feet offset between our car and the car that we're pulling up next to. And ideally, we want to line our vehicles up so we're bumper, back bumper is even with their back bumper. In other words, and you can see it here in the image if you're following along in the guide, 
It's diagram A, basically. The cars are lined up next to each other. All right, our turn signal is still on. We're going to scan the area around us. We're going to put the vehicle in reverse. We're going to make sure it's clear to move. And we're going to turn the wheel. Uh, if you're looking at the steering wheel, you're going to turn it so uh, it goes all the way to the right. Okay? Now, when you put the vehicle in reverse, you, that means you're going to start pulling into that parking space. I would encourage you to back up with the wheels turned all the way like that until the car gets to a 45-degree angle to the curb line. I know this is sounding complicated. I promise I'll make it easier later. But 45 degrees to the curb line. Once you've gotten 45 degrees to the curb line, don't add more steering. You're going to unwind the wheel and get the wheels back to straight. But you are going to, at that point, continue backing up. So you're going to back up a little bit further now until your passenger mirror reaches the back bumper of the vehicle that you were backing in behind. Okay, so we started, we lined up next to the car that was there. We cut the wheel all the way to the left. We scanned the area. We started backing up. We got to a 45 degree angle. We straightened out the wheel. We continued to back a little bit further up until our passenger mirror got to the back corner of the car that we're parking behind. And that point, we're going to slowly start making, we're going to still continue in reverse, but we're going to slowly start turning the wheel to the left to swing the nose in behind that other car. Now, by starting that turn nice and early, when our passenger mirror gets to the back corner of that car, you're able to get into very tight spaces, even in cities. This is sort of the trick to getting into a tight space, but it's good to practice this. But as you start to bring the nose in, be sure that the front bumper of your vehicle is not going to swing in and hit the back bumper of the vehicle that's in front of you or the cone that you're using or whatever it is. But this is going to be all very specific to your vehicle. Okay. If your vehicle's longer, then you actually, obviously you need to have a larger space, but you're going to actually look for a little bit less of an angle than 45. Maybe it might, even if it's a pickup truck, it might be a 30% angle. All right. But the, still, the timing of swinging the nose in is, is relatively the same, but how quickly you do that is really important to, to get used to. All right, now you continue to back up while you're turning the wheel all the way to the left to swing the nose of the vehicle in. And now you're also looking in your passenger mirrors, driver's side mirror, and even looking over your shoulder to know, or, or potentially in your backup camera, to know when to stop. If this sounds confusing, it's because it is. All right, but hopefully we're making a little bit more uh, simpler by kind of taking those individual steps. Now, once your car is straight, and you can tell it when it's straight by looking in your mirrors, by looking in front of the car, uh, in front of you, in the car behind you, potentially, you straighten out the wheel. You might pull forward a little bit to center yourself in that parking space and put the car in park. Get out and check around it. If you're in a parking lot early in the driving career, you know I say early after those 40 hours, but you're not doing this on city streets. Get out and look. You know, did we hit any cones? How close did we get? How did this work? If it didn't work, what adjustments could I try to make it work better? And by doing a little bit of trial and error with just cones in a parking lot, you can really get a good idea for your vehicle that maybe, oh, it's longer. I need a little bit less of an angle, but still the rest of what he said made sense. If it's a really smaller car, you could potentially get more angle and, and have it still work. So there's a little bit to certainly to play with there, but it is about getting used to your vehicle. And so it's important as a parent of a new driver, to be doing this in a vehicle that they're going to be driving a lot. They're going to do this with their driver's ed instructor, but if they're in a small car with driver's ed and they're in a fairly big SUV with you, it's not going to translate as well. So they're going to have to practice it with you too. So you can't just leave it up to them. 
All right. But if hopefully they are in driver's ed and they can get more practice there too. As you described, I find myself behind the wheel of a, a good sized crew cab pickup truck. You know, I try not to brag, but in addition to being the executive director and in control, I'm also the plow truck operator. So I have actually parallel parked with a plow on the front of my truck. I don't recommend it, but it's kind of fun to do if you need to. And yeah, a lot of these things differ on larger vehicles, longer wheelbases, uh, if you've got a, a long bed instead of a short bed, SUVs, even just the steering on, you know, two similar sized cars can make it so that it's a different feel to how you're backing up. So you do want to practice this. And if you can identify, we talked earlier about trying to have your new driver drive around in different vehicles. And if you work with some neighbors and friends and good friends, you know, you probably don't want to necessarily be making a new friendship over borrowing someone's car just to teach your teenager how to drive it. Try some different vehicles. Try parallel parking in different vehicles. But again, this is a really difficult skill and we hope you don't dismiss it because it is a valuable skill. You find yourself in circumstances where you need to park and you're in the city and this is your only option. It's a really valuable skill to have, but it is something that you do need to practice. I will also mention too, and this is not universal, obviously, this might be a generalization, but often in driver's ed and in road tests, the spaces are extremely generous and, and that's a good thing right? To make it easier to get your license to, to be able to practice it with a, with a big space and then make it more narrow. But understand just because you, uh, your new driver maybe did get their license by parking between a car and nothing or, or a spot that's twice as big as it normally would be in a city center, that sort of thing. It's still really valuable to know how to park in a tight space if you need to. So don't be afraid once they get better at that wider space to narrow it down and narrow it down and narrow it down because it's only going to make them a better driver, right? So the more practice, the more perfect, right? Overall, that that kind of an idea. So make it harder um, as they get better at it to make sure that they really are skilled at it and they really understand, okay, I need to make this adjustment. Oh, maybe I need to turn a little bit earlier or a little bit later, a little bit more of an angle getting in there. Those sort of an, Those sort of ideas... I think it's valuable to do any of these driving skills that way, as long as it can be done safely to start as easy and simple as you can get the ideas down and then make them a little bit more complicated or difficult or narrower space or whatever it might be, because the real world is so unpredictable, right? And we want to make sure they have the highest skill set they can before they're just out there on their own, you know, for good. All right. So it's really simple to get out of the parking space. You do the reverse order of how you got in. So I would encourage you first, you get back in that vehicle uh, after you've checked, you know, your distance off the curb, your distance between the car in front of you and behind you, you get in the vehicle, you get your seatbelt on, you prepare yourself the way you always do. You're going to put the vehicle in reverse. You're going to look behind you or look in your uh, mirrors or your backup camera, and you're going to back up straight to shorten that distance. So you have more space in front of you. Once you have more space in front of you, you're going to put the car back and drive. You're going to check your surroundings again. You're going to check your driver's side mirror, make sure it's safe to, to pull out into traffic or pull out of that, that parking lot space, wherever you are. And then you're going to turn the wheel all the way to the left, and you're going to proceed slowly forward. Now, depending on how big the space was, you might be able to easily clear and just pull right out. But if it's a very tight space, you might have to pull forward a little bit, stop, put the vehicle back in reverse, straighten out the wheel again, back up a little bit more. And then follow that same process again. Put the vehicle back in drive, turn all the way to the left, check again to make sure you're not black, blocking traffic or that there's anybody coming. Just again, check your surroundings. And then again, pull out to the 
uh, to the left and re-enter your your lane of travel. Jeremy, I want to add something that I, I was a little surprised it didn't make it into this book. We'll we'll mention it to him, but we're we're seeing a lot more bicycle traffic on our roads here in the United States today, and other countries have been seeing the increase in bicycle use probably more dramatically over previous decades, believe it or not. So, you know, if you go visit certain parts of the world, you're going to see a lot more bicycles out on the roads and and hopefully it's leading to reduced traffic in general. But there's something called the Dutch Reach and it's specifically geared towards people pulling away from this type of parking spot. And the idea is you reach your right hand in the United States, you'd reach your right hand across your body and use that to open your car door. And that way it forces you to turn and look and see if there's anything coming towards you. You know, you can certainly use your mirrors, but the idea is you'll be able to avoid opening up the car door into a bicyclist. Most folks probably realize, or this comes up in driver's ed, that if you open your car door and a vehicle takes your car door off, that's actually your fault. If you open your car door and take out a a bicyclist, not only is it your fault, but you really are going to hurt somebody. And so it's one thing to have to have a door replaced because you weren't paying attention, but a completely other thing if you seriously injure or kill somebody because you really weren't doing things the right way. So just figured that was a good opportunity to oh, piece that in there. Absolutely. And I think with the how popular electric bikes are becoming and these hybrid bikes are becoming, people are commuting with them more often than they ever have, especially in cities. <clears throat> and the people are traveling at a higher rate of speed on them often now because they don't have to pedal as much. So it's definitely important, not only when you're going to actually parallel park, that you're aware of what's around you. When you go to pull out of that parking space, that you're extremely aware and you look in those mirrors before you actually do that. But then like Dan said, that door, I mean, all of a sudden that coming flying out in front of somebody, they're not going to be able to stop. And so it's really important. Absolutely. That, what did you call it, Dan, again, mention it again, that the way the reach the Dutch reach, and I'll make sure that there's a, a link I mean, to an I was thinking that, that makes sense. You also can't fling the door open that way, right? It's you releasing it, and then you would put your hand there and slowly push out, but you're right. It forces you to turn yourself around. I think that's an absolutely great, great, great tip. And the only thing I would add to any of this is uh, kind of the, the last part, if you're going to be parallel parking and you're on a hill, we and, and a lot of driver's ed, a lot of Road tests include parallel parking on a hill or parking on a hill in general and where to put the wheel. So it's important just to mention this. You want to point your front tires toward the curb if you're parking down a hill. Okay, so if the car was to all of a sudden go into neutral or the or the, the parking brake didn't work, in other words, if the car started to roll, it would run itself into the curb and it would stop. If you are parking uphill, you turn your front tires away from the curb, okay, towards the center of the road. That way, again, if the car starts to roll down the hill, the front tires come and they immediately contact the curb and it would stop the car again. So just have that mindset, right? You're going down a hill, you aim towards the curb. You're going up a hill, you aim away from the curb. Well, I think we've exhausted parallel parking, but we do hope that you take advantage of the opportunity to practice it yourself and work with your young driver on it, because it is, again, a skill that everybody should have. I thank you, Jeremy, for your time today. And for those of you who tuned in, we look forward to you hearing us again. 